0: Good morning, my loves. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, besides making the poor decision to listen to me ramble on. (laughs) No, really. Thank you. I'm very glad you're here. Thank you. Um, I'm just chilling. You know, I'm here in the soul room. It's my uh, Sunday morning deal. I'm having a super coffee. Yes, it's called super coffees is a real thing here in my house. It's uh it's my go-to after drinking the night before. <laughs> I actually used to drink one every single morning. That was kind of like that was my breakfast and I was a, I was a lot healthier than <laughs> some people. Like uh so the ingredients are Uh, You do your perked coffee. So you perk perk your coffee and you get that all sitting and ready to roll. And then you take the blender and you throw in a heaping spoonful of coconut oil. A big um, spoonful of raw almond butter. I like the organic. It's nice. It's less chunky. Um, Lots of cinnamon, if you can handle cinnamon. A little bit of sweetener, natural sweetener, like I do, uh, like the stevia stuff, chunks, I take a big chunk of uh, like raw cacao, it's nice, it's strong, but um, yeah, it's sometimes a raw egg, definitely put a raw egg in this morning, but yeah, then you pour your coffee in and you blend all that shit up until it's nice and frothy and bubbly, and warm, and cozy, yeah, then you drink it, and it is like a breakfast, like it's kind of, uh, it it fills you up, but anyways, today's Sunday, and uh, as much as this super coffee sets things right for me, today is Sunday, it is Sunday fun day, and that starts with a shot of whiskey in my super coffee, (laughs) but I used to put a shot of whiskey in my coffee every day, (laughs) so I'm a lot healthier now, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I did, I also had a few whiskeys last night, nothing crazy, went to bed at a decent hour, but uh, Friday, Friday was a little different, that was uh, two bottles of red night for this girl. That was a time. and had a nice fire outside by myself. I was talking to everybody. Like, everybody was out and about on social media. It was like just hitting the streets on a Friday night. <laughs> I was getting phone calls and text messages. And I didn't have a group chat with my ladies. Um, but, yeah, just everybody was just talking and messaging, like, on all the different platforms. There was an energy. It was a Friday Night. People just wanted people. It was awesome. But last night was um last night was that concert, the Lady Gaga One World thing. Oh, it fucking destroyed me. Like it it hit a chord. Literally. Fuck. I did some recordings on my phone. Uh, some voice recordings during the live feed it was intense for me and I just I kind of had to get it out I don't know if I'm gonna use I actually am I'm gonna put I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in I'm gonna add them in right now like and that was that was even before the whiskey hit so here let's let's add them in let's hear what a fucking mess I was (laughs) just floored me hey guys I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in front of my laptop and I'm watching this, uh, one world together at home, uh, live feed concert. So all these different amazing artists and celebrities doing, you know, their piece, you know, to support everything that's going on. I thought I was okay. You guys. And then Eddie, he had to fucking start he had to sing River Cross, and I lost it and Now I'm sitting here, and I'm wondering if I'm really okay, and I just don't know um I feel like uh you remember those Sarah McLaughlin um Like animal rights. And humane society videos. And I would just turn them off. Because. They would make me so sad. And they're supposed to make you sad. Right? It's. (laughs) But. They keep showing these clips. And talking to these healthcare professionals. And people who are. You know. People who are there on the front lines. And. Um this one doctor oh fuck, what was the hospital she was from? This one doctor was there and she was talking about how she was just reassuring people that if your parent is here at the hospital and you can't be with them, she wanted to assure them that they were not alone. I can't handle that. That's something right now that I can't even comprehend. I can't wrap my brain around that. I just, that is something that really bothers me about all this. And if I could walk into the hospital right now and just kind of like be a person that floats around and sits with people when they have no one, I would do that. But I mean, I can't. I have four kids. I can't just do that. So how do I make that happen? I mean, I contacted a friend at the hospital. And, um, I asked her to kind of maybe put me in, in touch with somebody who could even help me get on like live video chats and set up a certain time of the day where, you know, if, if there is someone who needs someone who doesn't have somebody to talk to oh JLo's on right now, hang on, this is very dramatic JLo, very dramatic. Just come from your home, man. Just come from your home. I love you. Just sit in your house like everybody else and do a live concert Anyways, um, yeah, I can't wrap my brain around those people who have no one, you know, what if there is, I don't know, there's so many different circumstances, but yeah, so I contacted a friend and I asked her to, and she is doing her best and she passed on my request to put my name on a list of just... I would be that person. I know so many people that would be that person, but I mean, are they going to allow a person like me (laughs) who swears a lot? Um, I mean, obviously, I'd be respectful, but I want to be that person, and I know so many other people that would join me that would be on that list. If there's people out there that don't have somebody, and they have access to, you know, an iPad or something, she told me that... um, all of the nurses and all of the staff actually, like, they did, like, a collection where everybody brought all their extra iPads and things like that from their homes and their tablets so that their patients could have access, could have those video chats. That's what's going on right now. There is a need. We're in a little commute. Like, I mean, we're not that little. I mean, it's a major city, but... <sighs> Anyways that's where I am right now I'm a mess Eddie set me off and then the Rolling Stones and I just and then I'm thinking about and I'm it's not I'm not being selfish I'm just it's hit me like all these concerts that I've missed like I'm really sad about that like, I can't believe how sad I am, I just talked about people dying, but I'm really fucking sad of all these concerts that have been canceled and I miss, I love my music, like I need it, like, anyways, that's where I am, (laughs) and I just wanted to, I just gotta get that. Out there, because I know, I know there's lots of other people that are, you know, missing things and they lost the concerts and stuff. But I mean, this concert, there are so many people around the entire world right now watching this, and the messages are here. And fucking Fallon, he's literally the best. He is the fucking best. And Kemal, Colbert. Anyways, comedic geniuses. So Eddie made me ball, he cracked me, I wish, that would be fucking nice, right, like, oh, my head, um, yeah, anyways, I'm just, I'm just having a moment, and, uh, we'll talk again in a minute. This is like the SARS concert that I talked about missing. Like, I missed the SARS concert. Now I'm getting an opportunity to see (laughs) all my favorites, but it's just through a fucking laptop. And they're showing these insane videos of empty streets and little kids living homeless on the fucking street. And they're pulling out all the stops. It's like they called... Sarah McLaughlin and all of her fucking friends to make everybody as sad as they possibly can, and it's working, people. Billy Joe. As my memory would never forget why. You know, this was one of my favorite concerts of all time. I saw um, Green Day Live. Oh, I don't even know what the fucking venue is called. It was this amazing outdoor giant field. Anyways. This is... This is... This is my SARS concert. This is an opportunity to see that, but I'm just... I'm so fucking sad And I'm just going to keep watching though I'm really sad but I'm just going to keep going I'm just going to put myself through this (laughs) Fuck I just don't know They got Olivia Pope they got Olivia Pope. Okay? Olivia Pope is literally on this fucking concert this one world live feed. Olivia Pope is sitting here telling us what we need to do. I'm listening now. That's what they needed to do in the fucking first place. They should have started with Olivia Pope telling us what we absolutely need to do in order to move forward to combat this thing. End of story. I don't know why now we just need to lead with her. I'm never going to be able to listen to anything 100% moving 100% forward 100% unless it's Olivia Pope delivering. The it's the only to share her on which way to, to do this. And toll of this- <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> yeah, there's like three little ones that I pieced together. I don't know how shitty it's going to sound. But I was so emotional. Like... Bottom line, music is universal, and it was just showing us that, and my love for music was just, I was just so overwhelmed. I'm i am not going to start crying again. I might. <laughs> it was just, it was amazing. It was just, this concert connected like the entire fucking planet, and everybody had the same message. Well, uh, not everyone. I did not like how some celebrities used the platform to plug their activist perceptions, is that a polite way of saying it, but other than that, everyone else was universal, like, know corn like, have you ever seen humans being so kind to one another, like, I couldn't believe, like, I'd never seen humans supporting one another like this, like, in New York, <laughs> I know it's existed, and I know it's out there, and the world's not a horrible place, but it's just, it's taken a fucking pandemic to make it media worthy, worldwide media worthy. And I was, and I'm so glad. And I cried a lot last night and it could have just been what I needed. I just, it was that trigger for me and it just all kind of came out. It was, it was a release. Could have been the whiskey. Could have been my period. I don't know. It could have been the amazing spirit and light shining through my goddamn soul. (laughs) I don't care what it was. But I'm grateful. Because I felt connected again. And, And that was really sad for me. Like that realization of how disconnected you feel. And then when you feel that connection, you you put that together. So I was sad and I was happy all at the same time, but yeah. Anyways, so I went to bed early (laughs) because it would not have been good if I would have rolled with that mess last night. (laughs) And friend can like, just like that feeling of connection, a friend of mine, um, a very fucking handsome friend of mine, like, holy Molly, like he's just one of those, like he just doesn't even understand, you know what I mean, like he's the guy, he just doesn't try, he's kind of rugged, handsome, but not like in a, he's not like a Viking lumberjack, sort of hot, anyways, he just doesn't try, and he just, he has no idea, like how fucking attractive he is, anyways, (laughs) side note, called me one night, and uh, we we chatted for hours like really good shit like real life shit and it felt so good like it just and afterwards he said uh, thank you and it, it was just so genuine he said I needed that I needed human and and I felt that like I loved that I that I was that for him like I wish I could be that for everyone I meet because I know that feeling because I know how amazing it feels and how amazing it makes me feel when someone gives me human, gives and shares that connection with me. And I mean, I used to do it. I used to try. um, I used to push myself uh, too much in the past years and years ago. I used to be on this fucking mission to call and text and make contact with like as many people that I loved or knew in in a day, in a week that I could to make sure that they had that connection just in case someone else wasn't giving it to them, right? And I was really hard on myself if I missed someone or if I forgot and then remembered about that person who I know who had a really fucking hard day or was going through something and I wasn't there for them. It sounds, it sounds a little arrogant, doesn't it? <laughs> like to think that highly of how much I could help someone, but that's how I felt. And I guess it is kind of arrogant. I don't know. I just wanted to give all the time. And that's what I had to give was my energy. Right. And, and then I had nothing left for myself. I mean, at that point in my life, I was not, I wasn't worldly in the ways of the universe either. So I'm a lot more powerful now. Like, (laughs) I've always been connected to nature and something that I didn't really know was there, but there was something. But now I'm like fucking connected. Like, do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I have like masters of the universe shit going in my head right now, anyways. Um, I don't get trained anymore though. Because of that, because A, I am connected to this universe and it's never ending source of energy and light and i can tap into that and just refill myself but b i'm tapped into myself so you can you can tap into that energy source all you want but if you don't know how to tap into yourself and and get that and know what to give and what to take then it's kind of useless like i know what feeds and fills my soul. And I know what to do to get that almost instantly. Like I don't need to spend a lot of time doing things anymore unless they are doing that, unless they are filling me and feeding my soul something. So that I'm constantly recharging, little by little all the time, every single day instead of just waiting for this big fucking boom. Right? If I want to chill, let me get I'm trying to think of examples right now. Um Like, if I need to chill out, zone out, like, I will now choose, most of the time, I will choose music over TV. Like, they can both zone you out and chill you out and give you kind of that that vibe, but I just, I know that binge-watching Peaky Fucking Blinders is very fucking fulfilling, but music taps into my core. That's the difference. They both make me want to drink, though. So there's that. Whiskey. Lots of whiskey. Music. And Peaky. That reminds me. I saw... Oh, my God. Months ago, I saw the soundtrack. It was available for Peaky Blinders. So good. I need to get that. Must get. Put that on the list. What's another example? Things that we have to do. Cooking. Okay. Everyone has to eat, right? So choose... Like, uh... Choose a recipe... Or a meal that you enjoy. Obviously, you want to enjoy your food, but that you enjoy making. Or that makes you happy. That reminds you of something that makes you happy. Um, I like to feed my kids dinners from my childhood. So things that my parents made us. But with a twist. Okay, so there was four kids. Um me growing up. So there's four of us and my dad worked at GM and it was drilled into our head at a very young age that money was always an issue. Money was always tight. Very rarely were seconds at dinner an option. And sometimes that fucking sucked. Like, I mean, our portions were 100% appropriate. Like I'm not saying that we ever starved. We didn't, but it sticks in my head right now for some reason that we were, and it always has that we weren't, that we were never given an option for seconds. And I don't think, now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't think that I would have even thought about wanting seconds, except for the fact that as we were handed our plates, we were told, this is all you get, don't ask for more. So it's like, oh, now I'm thinking about it. But So anyway, so now um, I have my favorites that I will cook, but I'll make twice as much. And as I watch the kids go up for seconds, and sometimes thirds, I smile. And it's it's simple as that. So I put the extra time and the extra money into cooking, which has to be done. But I got a little soul smile from it. You know, there's always a spin. Always spin it to make it yours, you guys. To, to make it something like... <laughs> There are things, there are tasks that must be done out of responsibility. But always ask yourself, how can I change this? Or what can I do to make it different? Um, Like, I have to do this thing that must be done. Add music to it. Do it at a different time of the day. Sometimes we try to do things when there's all kinds of other things that are going on so it makes you hate doing that task because you're trying to squeeze it in with everything else. Just switch it to a different time of day. Or if you have the ability like I do, bribe one of your fucking children to do it for you. <laughs> there's there's always a way. There's always a way. But if you need help, message me. Let's go through your list and we'll put a spin on it. But Yeah, so I'm talking about food now. Um, Where is a human? Yes, everyone on Friday night was out for connection, and there was a lot of guys. I'm just gonna say there was just there was a lot of men that were um, coming at me, not in a perv way. Just it wasn't, but um, yeah, and. I mean, ladies, we know that it's true. I don't know. Here we go. Just ramblings of jazz. So when women are ovulating, it's science, right? Our bodies produce certain hormones and they give off certain pheromones to attract the opposite sex. Um, But, or, or women, or just whatever. Now, I can see how that takes into effect and that could be, you know seen when you're out in the world, in public, around people, where they can pick up those hormones and pheromones, but it's still happening. (laughs) Like, I'm not joking. I get waves of, waves of attention from the opposite sex when I'm ovulating, but I'm in isolation. So it's still happening. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. And I'm telling you the truth. I've kept track of it. Okay. I didn't like chart it, but I'm thinking, and it's true. And you can go back in like my text messages and stuff like that. And I can see that it does happen. It's really weird, but I'm thinking maybe Maybe it's in my actions too, though. So maybe the messages that I give off during this time are leading to that outpouring or that incoming of attention that I seem to get in these waves. I don't fucking know. Either way, it's all of them or none of them, isn't it? <laughs> that's, it's just, that's the way it goes. But seriously, I am going to start tracking that shit. And if anyone, you guys do it too. Girls, do it. If anybody finds out something cool, let me know if you see a cool pattern. And then we can, when this is all over, we're going to get together and we're going to compare our cycles with each other. And then with the moon cycles, we'll add that in. And then we're going to build some pie charts and some graphs and we're going to mark down all of that information on corresponding with the type of energy that we are attracting during these times. (laughs) That sounds like a night and a half, hey? All my moon goddesses are like rubbing their hands together and clapping. Oh, it's so exciting. We really know how to party. Anyways, who's lost? (laughs) We're good. So default, I'm grateful, right? That's where we were. When in doubt, fall back on gratitude, lose your train of thought, go back to gratitude. And I'm down. I'm down with that. I'm down with this whole social media thing. I'm, um, I'm done kind of, you know, turning my nose up at it and everything I guess I can, especially now where I'm trying to, you know, um, distribute a podcast. <laughs> yes, but so last night with the live concerts well friday night there was live concerts too like with um with my friends and some local artists um live concerts and then friday night there was group chats and then phone calls and text messages from good looking men sharing pictures of you know their fires with me that i'm having a fire at the same time and it's like it's like it brings me to the thought of 3am. I love 3am messages. Like I fucking love them. Like it's, there are so many people that do and who love that, but it's real. And at 3am, whether you're drunk or not, it's real. I'd rather engage in that late night chat and be fucking exhausted for the entire week because of it than miss out on that reel at 3 a.m. Like, fuck, it doesn't drain me. It charges me. It doesn't make me, it makes me tired. It might make me like body tired, but soul just recharged, right? Making the choice over sleep or 3 a.m. chats, there's that's, that is the perfect example of soul food. Fuck. you know, you know what does drain me? That doesn't drain me. Small talk drains me. I don't. well, some of it, anyways, like, <laughs> do you know, I think that there is more small talk right now. Um I guess I'm I'm running into it a lot more. But I, there's so many reasons for it though, right? So let's define, I'm going to look up the definition of small talk right now. Hang on. Okay, hang on. Definition, define. Small talk. Oh my God, and I love it's like little pronunciation, little small, S-M-O-L, talk, T-O-K. Like TikTok, small talk. Small talk is a noun. It is polite conversation about unimportant or uncontroversial matters, especially as engaged in on social occasions. Holy fuck. Yeah, I'm not a a fan. I understand I am still guilty of it, but if I could choose over the two. There's so many different versions, actually, I think, of small talk. So some are okay and some are not. So there's like the... There's the, like, the salutation, like the hello small talk. Like, how's it going? Oh, you know, living the dream. You know, all is well. Uh, You know, I I woke up today, so that's a good thing. Like, (laughs) that's okay. Like, let's call that the hello small talk. And that is 100% acceptable, courteous, polite, and way better than not saying anything at all, right? Well, most of the time. Sometimes I would prefer... A simple smile, a nod, or even just ignore me because there are people that I would rather do that to me than to fake it. I know you don't like me. Do not give me a salutation small talk if you truly don't like me. (laughs) You don't have to give me that gesture on my behalf. Like, I don't need your gesture. It's okay. I'd rather you be true, right? Just just do you. I'm okay. I don't need it. (laughs) But, like... And then, what else? There's small talk. uh, There's friends' small talk, so that's different. So there's small talk amongst friends who, in time and over time and when there is time, will, you know, divulge. They will dig right in and get to the real talk and the nitty-gritty shit. But when, you know, quickly passing by or, you know, you only have a minute, it's a holy fuck, like, how's your day? Mine? Well, I gotta go do this and this and this. And now before it rained and, you know, my washing machine blew up last night. So I'm going to be, you know, swinging tricks from the corner uh, later on today of uh, such and such to pay for a new one. So making craft dinner for the kids so that I can spend more money on that bottle of wine that I deserve because of the week that I just had. (laughs) That's fucking small talk. (laughs) That's... That's small talk that makes me smile, right? Then then there's, oh, small talk. Like, small talk from professional small talkers. And you can tell. Like, it's just a fucking vibe. Like, you feel, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a vibe that comes off of these people. Like, they have no depth at all. They might, but they just don't know how to find it or how to express it. They're, like, on autopilot small talk mode all the time. Those ones, like, they even carry a tone. It's, it is unmistakable with them who the professionals are. And those ones make me fucking sad and infuriated all the same time. Like, I just want to fucking grab them by the shoulders and, like, shake them. Like, how can you live like this? Like... How can you allow yourself to carry on that way? And then I like, and then my switch goes off and it's just like, oh my God, this is so sad. I just want to help you. I just want to just let me love you and hug you and crack you wide open so you can find yourself and be real. Like fuck. It drains me. It really does. Drains me way more compared to talking to someone in depth for about life for hours at 3 a.m. And like I said, I, I find maybe there's more of it right now, or maybe I'm just coming into contact with it more, but I think there's a reason. I think that people are doing it now more because there are some really fucking heavy things to talk about and it's universal and that the entire world has it all in common right now, but no one knows what the other people's positions are and they just don't want to open that fucking up. They don't want to take the lid off. So we stick to simple, courteous, small talk. I say, fuck that. Fuck that, man. Like people are struggling for connection right now. I get that, but it's still about quality, not quantity. This is not an excuse for an overwhelming overload of small talk. You guys this is far from it. It's time for real, for substance. It's time now And for once, for many of us, we actually have the time to, to get into it. Like I've always loved stopping and talking to strangers and we don't have small talk. It's just like, it's like this instant. I like, you look at their face and you just know that you're going in. Like it might start that way, might lead in that way, but it has always ended with depth. It's a fucking thing. So my ex, he had it too. Um, like even more than me. And that was one of the things that I loved about him the most is when I saw him just start chatting with fucking random strangers. I just, oh, just loved it. And it's like, and it wasn't me for a change first. It was like, it was always him first. And it was amazing. It was, but he would walk away from those conversations and then come back with a story about their fucking life. Like people always ask me, why, why do you, why do you always do that? You don't have to talk to every person who starts talking with you, and I'm like, why wouldn't you? Why the fuck wouldn't you? like, anyways my my dad was the same way um, and uh my brother, he is a professional at the game. like he has more stories than anyone I know. like you can't say two sentences without him leading into a story saying, I met this guy once and he told me this story about da-da-da-da-da. And now with him, you never know if they're real stories or not. (laughs) But still, even if he's just making that shit up on the spot right there, he's absorbed some of that from someone somewhere. Or maybe the story was about him and he just put it into like a different person because he doesn't want me to know. But like fucking just let it all out. Being open and authentic creates a real connection. Not a short-lived one, a genuine connection. And that is the connection. It has a scientific reaction to your physical and your mental being. It's fucking science, Bill Nye. Oh, my heart. But it boosts your hormones. It boosts your fucking immune system, you guys. This is the connection. Like the bars on a Friday night full of fucking hormones and pheromones, and it's the one that we are all craving. It's the one that we all need to survive right down to our very soul. No more small talk. S-M-O-L-T-O-K. Small talk. No more. No more small talk. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced oh my god who made the dictionary i wonder i mean please like talk to me tell me about your week but tell me how it made you feel i want to hear about your being like not your doings i fucking i love those terms but tell me a story about your kids please tell me what they did but tell me how it made you cry or how proud it made me. If you're telling me about what you had for fucking dinner, I hope it entails a story from your past or the like or, or the laughs that you had while you were making it. Um if you're talking about the weather, I swear to God, it better goddamn lead to like nostalgia lane or How it's affecting your mood. Like the time you were caught in the rain with so-and-so or then it snowed for days but made the best of it. Or when you were sunburned so bad but that like music festival or the canoe trip or that beach day was fucking worth all the pain and blisters. I want to know like I want to know about your passions and why you're not fucking following them. Like I want to listen... I want to listen to you spew out a childhood memory and what like fucking jogged your thoughts at that very moment where you decided to spew it out like I want to know what music you love I want to know what songs make you cry I want to know what ones make you dance or no I want to know what song makes you stay in the car until it's over even though you're done driving that's the one that I want to know um Confessions. Tell me your selfish thoughts, your guilty pleasures. Let's get dirty. Like, (laughs) what do you regret? Who do you miss? I want to know who, I want to know who fucking broke you. Who did that to you? And I want to know, who did you break? Fearing the unknown. It's real. Let's fucking talk about it. Love. It's real. Let's talk about it. Sadness and loneliness is all too real right now. Talk about it. Gratitude. It's real. Fucking talk about it. Because you cannot live a life we cannot live a fulfilled life without that genuine connection. Eddie, oh Eddie, last night, Ev, he did, um, he did a, a song in the concert last night. But Eddie, Eddie's wish list just popped into my head. Pearl Jam song wish list. That song. I've always said that if I could be a song, it would be that one. So be that song. Do you guys know that song? If not, fucking listen to it. Pearl Jam wish list. You not listen to this podcast if you don't know who Pearl Jam is. Anyways, be that song. Be the wish list. Crave that song. Find someone, a human connection that is the equivalent to a single line in that song for you. Me, I want to be... If I could be any line in that song, it would be, I wish I was a radio song, the one that you turned up. near, 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 near. Yeah, anyways. Okay, now I got to put that song on, don't I? Sorry about the singing, guys. Your problem, not mine. Um, I'm trying to define real connection here because I'm, I use that term a lot and I'm going to use it for fucking ever. So I might as well develop a real life tangible experience for people to identify to, right? If somebody says, well, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, if you don't know what I mean, then we have an even bigger problem, but let me just try and f- put some examples on the table here, something for you guys to grasp onto. So I've been, and I'm being drawn to through things in my mind, in my crystal ball. And I am trying to organize them in my head right now. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. Sometimes it's it's hard because a a connection for one person is going to be different for the other. But in my brain, I've got three that are coming up, and it depends on your life experiences which ones are more important to you, or, right? And sometimes it just depends on your age. <laughs> Fuck, we's we's old. I say we's all massa, um, yeah. So let's uh let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into it and uh, pick three things. If I have to pick three things, and I mean I can identify with both of you know the you know choosing on you know choosing depending on your life experiences and then choosing things depending on your age. Well, I've had moments that have rocked me because of my age, and I've had moments that have mattered most because of the way that life experiences have shaped me, right? So, three things. Okay, my soul, my real connections. Not including children. Children cannot be included in the list, okay? That's cheating. Go, go inside yourself, okay? So, limited to the three things. Fuck, this is hard, That's what she said. Um, Okay, three things: soulmate, meeting soulmate. Okay, not not including your children. Or I guess you could include your children. Live concerts. That's a soul connection, right there. That is a that's like so like a live. You know, like that energy and like the body buzz, you know, the, the tinglys and the smells and the lights and it kind of like it creates like this alternate, you know, like a time zone. Like live concerts are stolen seasons. You cannot group them together with the rest of your life. They can be, they can have an impact on the rest of your life, but they stand alone as this, this this universe, this kind of time warp that you go into and you experience all these fucking amazing things that you experience while you're there. And, mm, so concerts, meeting a soulmate, and, and it was really hard to not put this at the top of the list, but cooking bacon, okay? Like, just do it. <laughs> There's cook bacon. Find that connection, okay? There's a way. There is an art to cooking bacon, for fuck's sakes. It's the it's real thing, guys. It's slow and steady and attentive, and it's usually best when you do it in the midst of life, like chaos. It's like all around you, like slow motion, like you know, just imagine kind of like a Deadpool movie where he's kind of, you know, everything is like going really fast around him, but he's going in slow motion. Things happening around you because you got to focus. You have to have all those things happening around you in order to really appreciate the focus that you're going to put on this bacon. Okay, it's not like zenning out, but prioritize. The bacon comes first right now, and everyone around you needs to understand that. They need to back the fuck off, okay? It's bacon time. The music, oh my God. Get it on. Put the music on. Okay, wait. Fuck this. I'm cooking bacon. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to cook bacon right now. Together. Can you hear it? <laughs> this, is, this is this bacon, bitch. Yeah, we're cooking bacon, guys. Like, literally, start to think about it, right? Like, uh, what's the whole point of having a podcast from? They're home if you're not taking advantage of being at home. So now I can podcast and cook bacon at the same time, even though it kind of goes against what I was saying about giving all of the attention to the bacon. I just really wanted to share it with you. Anyways, so yeah, we're cooking bacon and it's going to be fucking delicious. And the kids are going to wake up sooner than later now because they're going to smell the bacon. But anyways, we need music, okay? That's one of the rules. Mm-hmm. Spotify, let's go with playlist number two. Okay. go. Cool. Got some STP. All right. And we're doing we're cooking bacon, guys. Welcome to my kitchen. Um, fucking love bacon in this house. Like I will I'll spend hours cooking it I don't know how this is going to sound here in the kitchen so my podcast mic is um, on a big uh, pivotal arm that like attaches to like a counter or a table or something and so I've literally moved it from my little soul room which has you know it is a little tiny closed room now I'm in like the big open concept kitchen I don't know if this is gonna echo or not I'm sorry but at least you can hear the bacon right um, yeah, so <laughs> I will, I will spend hours cooking bacon and always trying to make sure that there is a full container of bacon in the fridge, ready to roll at any given time. Like I've, I've actually been known to carry bacon around in my pocket, kind of like a, a little snack, right? Like why not? <laughs> my dad cooked bacon. Bacon. He never taught me how to cook bacon, but I learned to cook bacon from him. <laughs> you see dad, kitchen, three stooges, black and white, on this little teeny tiny corner, uh, kitchen TV, and bacon. God, it smells like home. Bacon is home. You know? My housewarming present was, uh, so a friend of mine um, who moved um, home back to our hometown after living in a province for like 10 plus years. And, um, you know, I kind of helped her, you know, we helped her move and we did, you know, like the whole cleaning thing and everything. But my housewarming present to her was bacon, really good bacon, because it's going to make bacon. And it feels and smells like home, right? And you don't skimp on your bacon, guys. Buy good bacon for fuck. It's a very important thing in life, okay? You know how you read all the time about how, like, a wonderful, sweet old lady of, you know, the age 101, you know, listed her rules for living a fulfilled long life. Buy good fucking bacon is going to be online. The book is gonna have a lot to do with bacon. There's so many of my stories have bacon in them. Maybe I should just call the book bacon. It's a really it's a really good idea, Jasmine. <laughs> Before all of this went down, like isolation and stuff, I had plans for my next hat. You know, it's the classic um uh, sailor's prison tattoo. You know, I love mom, you know, like the big, the big red heart, and you know, the you know, calligraphy writing and stuff. And I love mom. I love chastity. The fuck is chastity? She's, Jasmine, you don't even know a chastity. I don't, does anyone even name your kids chastity anymore? I have no idea where that came from. Um. Anyways, my tattoo is going to say I love bacon. <laughs> Maybe I'll do too. One on the left side of my body and one on the right side of my body. Both I love tattoos. And one is going to say, I love bacon. And the other one is going to say, I love lamp. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited. Uh, You hear me, Mike? We're going to have fun with these ones. I fucking love tattoos. I do. I love tattoos. I love the art. I love the – oh, hang on. We got to flip bacon here soon. I love – The creative aspect to them, the tale that they leave, the stories, or sometimes like the lack of stories. Like all of my tattoos have meaning and they all come with a story. And it takes me a long fucking time to decide what ones I'm going to get done most of the time, like selecting from the millions of ideas that I have saved. But some people's tats are just simply a collection of things they like. I think it's fucking amazing like my daughter she has tattoos that she got because when you ask her well what is why do you have that well because it's fucking awesome she says I just love the way it looks it's like a piece of art that she takes with her it's a decoration on her body and that's what she loves about it and then I have a buddy who's covered like He's got a lot of stories, and a lot of them have stories or reasons why he got them. But a lot of them are because they just make him laugh. He's covered in cartoon characters, and pirates, and zombies, and fucking chickens. <laughs> like, I love the damn things. I read, um, I read a book. Uh, it's called the Total, the Total Tattoo Book something like that. It's all about the history of tats and it's got celebrities and like the entire history. So, you know, you know, going back to like the Mayans and all that stuff and the ancient ways of tattooing. But then it's just, it just, it was very interesting to talk about all the different, um, generations, um, and the different perceptions that they have on the appreciation of tattoos, right? Anyways, that's a really good book. Um, the thing I love about tattoos the most, though, is the actual session. Like, it's the session. It's the artist. It's the It's the burn, the zing, the physical pain. <laughs> I do. I love it. I just gotta feel it. Like, I think it's it might be more of a female thing because I know there's a lot of guys and they've, they're they covered in tattoos and they can handle it, but they always, they don't enjoy it. Women crave it. Most of the ones that I know anyways, like we we want to feel that needle. Like we, we love it. Like hot baths. Like how many women out there, like hot, scalding, scalding hot tubs. Like I literally want to wince when I get in the tub, like I do. I want to feel that pain. Hang on, we got to flip bacon here, guys. But I gotta keep the microphone like far enough away. I gotta keep the microphone far enough away from the bacon. <whistles> mm-hmm. individuals—they're not overlapping. I know some people who throw like. Bacon, just kind of like in a big pile, you know, in the middle of a pan. Oh, it's all. Oh, I don't want to get bacon grease on my microphone. Beautiful. Yeah, so they're all individual, and you lay them all out, and kind of push down the corners when they start to curl a little bit. You want a little bit of a curl. You really do. Um, cuz it's just it's, it's the way bacon's supposed to look. But it's about getting that perfect consistency of cooked bacon fat. So the fatty parts, you don't want them too chewy or too raw, but you don't want that part to be as tough. you don't want that texture to be the same texture as the actual meat portion of the bacon slice. So there you go. There you have it. <laughs> Look, I love bacon seriously. One day. There we go. So I've moved I had to I had to pivot. I had to pivot the microphone away from the bacon. Splatter, but, and what we were talking about, ah, burnt legs, right? Like scalding, scalding hot tubs. Yes. Yeah, so like, so I like my tub so hot that if I was to like stick my leg in, just my foot, and stand in the tub, and if I like count it to three, and like I'm wincing, like it hurts. But when I take my leg out after like let's count to five seconds, there's like a line. It's like a welted red line on my leg where the water cut off was. <laughs> I don't understand. It's just, I get actually really mad. It's just the, um, we got a new hot water tank here, but before that, it was like the water would never fucking get hot and it would throw me into a fucking spaz like I would lose my shit because everybody else would get to have hot tubs and it didn't matter how long I waited until after I had my tub to end like so I gave you know that you know the time for the hot water tank to fill back up and to heat back up and blah 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 didn't matter if it was my turn it was never fucking hot enough and then I just gave up on tubs fucking completely it was just like this level of frustration where I just like it would put me in the worst mood the worst, but anyway, so I just, and then I got a new hot water tank, and now everything is boiling, scalding hot all the time, and it's wonderful, but anyways, the tattoo appointments though, the reasons I love the, the sessions is because it's it's that connection, right? It's the conversations that you have with the artist, to me, is it is my equivalent to the salon chair is to a lot of other women in this world. Like it's, there's this huge population um, that consider their, you know, their hairstylist is their therapist or their life coach. Nah, man, you take me to a tattoo parlor any fucking day. That's who I want to talk to. Like one time I was in a full day session, sitting in the chair. And from start to finish, the number of people that came in, just to chat, just to come in, sit and hang out with the tattoo artist, like you, social butterfly you. It was it was amazing to me, but not amazing at the same time, but through the conversations that I was privy to that day, well, like, it was amazing. So let's just circle back around Do why I fucking love tattoo appointments. That's that, like, I'm grateful. Yes, please. Would you pour some grateful? Yes, please. Would you pour some gratitude on and Maroon 5 makes its way to the stage? What the fuck just happened? Okay, I've got audio slave on in the background, I've got bacon in front of me, but Maroon 5 literally just made its own gratitude song. God, I wish I said I never would edit these fucking things. That was, I really need to apologize to that. I blame my children. Let's blame my children. But <laughs> I will never edit these. It hurts. <laughs> I am going to apologize. I apologize. Please forgive me. It was just not acceptable. But I do blame my children. What's on? Okay, so yeah, so we've got. Mm-hmm. sleep. Um, sorry, I was just gonna see what songs are coming up next. Kind of have good music. Anyways, um yeah, so the song that was on um it's coming on next is called <laughs> Cocaine Blues by Towns Van Zance. I don't know who Towns Van Zant is, but at some point I liked this song on Spotify and it added to my playlist and it is a good fucking song. But anyways, that's like cocaine. I've never done it. Like, I think I might be the only person my age on this fucking planet who hasn't. And it's not that, you know, I mean, I've just never had any desire. I actually can't say that I've even seen anyone do cocaine in front of me either. Like, I'm not sure now because, was it because it just never happened or because everyone knew that I didn't do it or was, you know, didn't approve of it? But I don't think that I've ever walked around saying that I didn't approve of it. So why would people think that I was disapproving of it and that they couldn't do it around me? Huh. Thoughts? I have a... So let's talk about my brother now. <laughs> Intro. I have a brother. Well, I have three brothers. But one has struggled most of his entire life with substance abuse of some sort. And hard drugs has been a huge part of that. And um he's been homeless. He's lived in shelters. He's lived all over Canada. Traveled, you know, hopped on a bus, lived, you know, out west you know, for a couple of years and then he'd come home and then he'd go out west again and then he'd move to, you know, out east for a bit. Anyways, uh, he's lived with me and my family many times over the years, always short-lived due to his own demons or sometimes due to me and what I was capable of allowing in my home with my children, right, with my family and coming and going um, in and out of my life, like sometimes for years at a time with no contact. And, uh, I mean, I I used to have nightmares about them all the time. You know, I used to jump, you know, when the phone would ring, thinking that, always wondering, you know, if it was somebody calling to tell me something horrible had happened. Anyways, it's, it's not a fucking good way to live. And I know that a lot of people have, People like that, and other family members or friends in their lives that they just, you know, constantly think and worry about when it comes to that. So, but I used to have, you know, nightmares all the time about, you know, him and what would happen to him. And I used to jump at his call. You know, if he called me and he needed help, i was I was gone. I dropped everything. I remember one year it was my daughter's birthday. Um, Her birthday is on the 23rd of December. And I literally left her on her birthday and two days before Christmas to spend an entire day in, in court to try and get him out, to bail him out. I waited there all day. And my sister came down and when she found out that I was there, she came and sat with me. I think it was on day two, but yeah, I spent my daughter's birthday and Christmas once, in uh, to to help him versus you know being just priorities get all fucked up sometimes when um you know when that shit happens. But yeah, um, the nightmares and. You know, whatever he needed and whenever he needed it, and other members of my family, you know, would do the same thing. My mom, my mom, like what a soul. She's all through well, most of her life since we were sixteen anyways, exhausted, like she just exhausted herself to a point and stressed herself out where her in, her insides actually like became littered with ulcers from the worry when he wasn't around and And then the stress that came when he was around, it was just, there was always a relief hearing from him. And, you know, it was always amazing to see him after, you know, worrying about him for so long to actually, you know, to see his face and to get that relief. And there is those moments of joy, like, you know, hearing his voice after, you know, worrying for months is like you let out this breath, like you've been holding you know, your breath for months and months and months and that pressure on your chest and just seeing his face was always just such a blessing that just kind of released all that worry and your shoulders drop. And I remember one time I had been having these nightmares for months and they were just getting worse and worse and worse. And I just felt like something inside me was trying to tell me something that I had to go find him. And I remember I would, I would go out driving I would just drive around town to see if I could see him, if he was on the street or I don't fucking know what I was trying to do. But the guy that I was um, with at the time, he said to me, he just, you know, he just said, he's going to show up any day. Like I can feel it. And, and I want, I remember when he said that to me, I just, I just wanted to cry because I just wanted it so bad Like, I didn't care. I knew what was going to happen when he came home. I knew about the laughs that we would have and the stories he would tell and the love and the joy on the kids' faces when they saw that he was still here in the morning, you know, around for another day. And then... I know. I knew that that would be short-lived and that then the mood swings would come and then the request for money and then the never-ending appointments that he had to go to would turn into, you know, full-on day trips to God only knows where. And I'd be lying to the kids about why he wasn't home yet or why he wasn't there to tuck them in like he said he was going to be. And then you'd see the wheels in their little heads starting to spin and the worry that they would have when he wasn't home. And then they would pick up on my energy and then my moods would hinge on whatever he was doing. And fucking long story short, everybody's probably experienced this at some point in their life, but, you know, he'd end up leaving sometimes with a fight between us. And sometimes, you know, he would just move on to someone else's home and it would happen there, just the same situation over and over again. And this past, this past summer it happened again and it was awful. It was, it had gotten to the point where he was coming and going on his own terms, you know, with very little respect that I had a house full of kids, like, he broke all the rules and not, I didn't set, you know, rules for this grown man to follow, but I have rules that I set in place to keep my home and my kids safe from the outside world, you know? So I needed to keep my home and my kids safe from the world that he chose to be in, not from him, you know? It got to a point where I was now nervous and, like, my brother has never stolen anything from me in my life and he's never hurt me and he would never do anything to hurt my family. It wasn't him I was worried about, it was the others that he put trust into that I was worried about and it got to the point where I was locking my doors. Okay, N- you don't know me, but for those who do know me, I don't lock my doors. I never have. It's just oh, fucking corduroy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. That's not me. I don't lock my doors. I never have. It's not who I am. I, you know, I went and got kids, like, keys made for the older kids. And I, you know, always told them, make sure that they start locking the doors whenever they left and make sure you have your key. I I didn't know when he would be showing back up and who he would be with at the time. And it, it ended, um, um, it came down to my son setting me straight, 17 years old at the time, and uh, he came home from school uh, one day early, and it I actually wasn't expecting him to be home because he was supposed to go to his dad's that day, but the door was locked, and I was at work, and he didn't have his key, and he called me, and I ended up leaving work early um, to go home and to let him in. It was a was this cold, it was a fall day, maybe. I can't remember. Why was it cold out? Anyways, but it was cold out, and I went to, you know, as I kind of, you know, walked up to him to meet him and go let him in, he kind of stopped me. He's just like, Mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm locking, I'm unlocking the fucking door. I'm letting you in. We're going in the house. Now, why are you locking the fucking door? He says, Why are we locking the house all the time? It's my uncle, isn't it? It's because of him. Yes, I said. I was almost embarrassed because he loved. He loves his uncle so much, and I didn't want him to think badly of him, and I wanted to protect him, and he just kind of, you know, and and he's like, nah, this isn't happening anymore. And I just said, you know, I started to make excuses, and he cut me off, and he's just like, you can't stay here anymore, Mom. I'll tell him if you can't. And I was just like, no. And he's like, Mom, you're an amazing sister. You're an amazing mom, but nobody makes my mom lock her doors he said and that's when it just kind of hit me right like I realized at that moment that the older kids were just as uncomfortable with him being there too as I did and I felt awful knowing that they were dealing with all of this and not coming to me with it because they didn't want to upset me Fuck. so Anyways, he left, and he didn't go quietly. It was very out of his nature. It really wasn't like it was the worst experience that I've ever had with my brother in my entire life. And I haven't heard from him since. And even through all this, you know, you gotta wonder. And last night on that concert, and they talk about, you know, the, the homeless being the most vulnerable and the most susceptible. Yeah, I kind of fucking... Just makes you want to reach out, right? Like, he truly believes that I abandoned him. That was, like, one of the last things that he ever said to me. And I just, I had to choose. Obviously, I have to choose my kids. It's a no-brainer. They come first, but it fucking, it still fucking hurts. And I want to reach out to him right now, but... I know I can't. I cannot take that on right now. I need to be selfish on that aspect. And I feel like a fucking piece of shit because of it. But I I know that I would feel even worse letting him come back here, if he even would. Again, he's not speaking to me. So, yeah. Um, one of my brother's favorite quotes is a fight club quote. And it's, may I never be complete, may I never be content, may I never be perfect. But I do, I I don't, I just popped into my head is, obviously I love Fight Club, but Dusty's, that's one of his favorite fucking quotes. I remember him saying it to the kids once a couple times actually, like helping them kind of like process something. Like it was amazing watching him kind of teach and use you know, use his knowledge and put it into the proper perspective to kind of teach them something. In life, they were dealing with something. forget what it was, but when I hear that quote, I, I, I feel that I do feel complete. But in the form of not being complete, I feel complete. And I think that there's like a, there's a fucking beauty in being perfectly content with not being complete. And I feel content and I feel perfectly perfect with what I just said. (laughs) I'm going to leave you guys with that. I'm sure we're definitely going to circle around to that fucking pot of gold again very soon. But I'm going to finish up this bacon. I'm going to fucking eat it. Thank you for listening to my ramblings again. I'm so fucking grateful, you guys. I love you. Talk soon.